Weencast, a ween podcast with Shane and Rory. Hey, what's up? This is Shane. And this is Rory. And this is Weencast. And we welcome you to a new episode. What's going on, everybody? Booyah. Welcome back, everybody. And it's summertime. And you know what it means when it's summer, Shane? <laughs> summer contest. It's the summer contest. Hell Staggeringly yeah. stupendous and outrageous. What is the name of it? Staggeringly stupendous Weencast Summer Contest. <laughs> so so uh, we don't want to take too much time because we want to get right to this episode because we have a awesome episode. This is a great show we're going to be talking about tonight. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Great show. But summer contest, people, we want you to tell us about your favorite live ween show. All right? All the shows you've ever been to, think about which one is your favorite and why. And why. Yeah, man. I mean, come on. Tell us the story. We want to hear it, you know? Yeah, dude. Record yourself talking. Tell us anything you want. Five minutes or less. But if it's over five minutes, it's okay, too. Yeah. If you don't, if you really don't want to hear yourself talking on a podcast or whatever, you don't like the sound of your voice, hey, write us a story and send it to our email and we'll read it for you on the show. And I will use the accent of your choice. Ooh. So why don't you, you could type it and just say, and Rory, try to read it in <laughs> this accent and just give me an accent and I will do my best <laughs> to not be insulting to that culture. Oh, man. <laughs> Dude, I'm opening it up for you, right? I'm opening it up. You're asking for trouble on that one, I think. Dude, I, I don't will, know. I will do my best. I will do my best. <laughs> um, but yeah, people, and I, I guess something that came up is, I think someone was asking about something that's come up is, you know, if you feel like, oh, I'm not really sure or whatever, like, we don't really want you to fall back on like any of the live releases, but that's the best you can do. And fucking make the entry. Yeah. If you want to talk about stubs, if you want to talk about stubs, if you want to talk about the country album live show, like album, like that's fine. That's cool too. But we would prefer if it was just, you know, a regular ween show, you know, and it could be, you know, Hey, uh, one of the recent shows, it could be an old school show. It's whatever you mm -hmm. want, man, whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. Just join in. So yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I guess the last thing to say is the original deadline was labor day, which may have already passed by the time this episode gets released. But we're extending the deadline to the last day of summer, which is Saturday, September 23rd. Yeah, man. So email us, text us, social media, whatever the hell you got to do, man, get that into us. Oh, and the winner gets a beautiful custom-made cutting board emblazoned uh, with a boognish. And it's beautiful. We'll put a picture up. It's got a nice like checkerboard kind of uh, pattern on the wood. Yes. And the, the and the boognish is just kind of laid right on top there. Hey, da -dee, da -dee, da -dee, da -da. this is Weencast. Hey there, sprinkle genies. <laughs> you don't know that it's time for the stunningly staggering and stupendous Weencast summer contest? <laughs> Seriously, don't you think it's time you submitted an entry? about the best live ween show that you've been to, and why? <laughs> uh, oh. Hello, Rory. You're on the top of 
probably saying to yourself, why the hell would I want to submit an entry? Oh, well, listen, folks, the answer is very simple. <laughs> the winner gets a beautiful Woodcraft prize from West Brandywine Woodworks. Oh, I'm getting moist. Submit an entry on Spotify or email us at wingcastpodcast at gmail.com or just hit us up on the socials. This is going to be the most swaggeringly ostentatious contest yet, so don't miss out. Entries are due by Labor Day. Happy summer, everyone! Is your cutting board dried out, ugly, and lacking luster? Do your tables have too many water rings to count and need a fix? Are your kitchen utensils old and damaged? Maybe you just want to add a little bit of natural wood beauty to your home. Whatever it is, you can count on West Brandywine Woodworks to provide for you. We make high-quality custom hardwood items for your home. From cutting boards to shelving, West Brandywine Woodworks has you covered. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. Mention Weencast when you order for 21% off. So give us a like and a follow, and don't forget to mention Weencast for 21% off your order. West Brandywine Woodworks. Custom simplicity for your home. All right, so anyway, people, check out the contest. That's all I got to say about that. And we want to get to this episode because... Yeah, man. We're going back, and we've been in 2003. Uh, we just covered a show at the pageant in St. Louis, mm-hmm. and that was in May of 2003. And now we are going to fast forward just a little bit to July 25th, 2003, Club Laga, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And this is the first show in a couple of them that we were both able to attend together. Am I right? guess it's been a uh, you know it's i hadn't thought of that dude is that true well we went to the shy, shy rock uh, we went to carbondale illinois in 2002 mm-hmm. and this is the next show that we went together so this is actually because you had gone to several shows on your own i had gone to some shows with my wife but yeah dude so i guess it'd been like a year since we've been to one together yeah that's cool that's cool i hadn't realized that so both of us were at this show club laga Pittsburgh, PA. Yeah, dude. So we got a lot to talk about. So we're going to dive right in. This is, there's just a lot. There's a shit ton of stuff to talk about for Club Laga, dude. Yeah, man. And, you know, and so I guess kind of start with uh, how we got there and all that. The, um, the first thing, I don't know about you, dude, but it, it took a bit to jog the memory, dude. It's, <laughs> dude, I, for whatever reason, you know, I, for the for the most of the shows that I've been to, I can tell you, you know, who went, where I was, uh, where we left from. You know, I have a story that coincides with how how we got there, how we got home. For Club Laga, I'm I'm pretty fucking fuzzy. Like I I have a couple of different like memories of you know, traveling to state college because you guys had lived there for, you know, a number of years. So I would come up from, you know, the Reading area and whatnot. And, you know, I have like some, it's like, okay, was that this trip? Was that that trip? You know, like I have memories and I have to sort of like piece them together. So I, I pretty sure I can say, you know, well, we should, we should say who we're pretty sure everyone that went along. So you go ahead. Yeah. So you came up to state college to meet us and as far as I'm remembering, it was me, you, uh, my wife, Amy, our friend, Hannah, and then my brother-in-law, Mike. But I believe there were two cars involved. There were definitely two cars involved driving from State College to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And I don't really remember who was in which car. I have a memory. I, I somehow have a vague memory of Mike 
already having been in Pittsburgh or something and he was meeting us there. I don't really know. Amy reminded me that we actually went to this place called the Zenith Tea House. Okay. The Zenith Tea House. And it was a, like a vegan tea house. And Amy, Hannah, and I were vegan at the time. Mm-hmm. And so that was obviously like an interest to us to go to the cool vegan tea house. Sure. So shout out to the Zenith. Yeah. If it's still there. I'm not, I think it's still there. Interestingly, Club Laga is not, but we'll get to that in a minute. Club Laga is in the Oakland neighborhood of Pittsburgh. And it's right in the middle of the city, basically. Like you're thinking about, you call, it's called a nave. Is this the fancy term for the triangle that like where the rivers all meet? Ooh. And so it's not like right downtown right there, but it's in that area. It's not like on, the, on any of the other sides of any of the rivers. Okay. If you know Pittsburgh, it's the city of th- three rivers, right? So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so we get to Club Laga. And I guess talk a little bit about the club. I think it held about 800 people. And it was actually so building. First floor is just like businesses and shops, like on the street level. So one of the few things that I even remember is that you had to like go up the stairs to get in. Yes. Yes. I can't say I, I remember anything about the bottom floor and like what was on the, the first floor, but I definitely remember having to go upstairs. You basically went upstairs like right away. Like you went in, there's the stairs and you went up. You know what I mean? The, I, I, I can, yeah, I can kind of remember that. And then like, if I'm right about this, I want to say like where you came in was sort of like the Glen side of the stage. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you would like, shift your way over to like the right and that would have been like you know like the deaners or yeah like the deaner side of the stage yeah you know and some other things that i remember i do have a distinct memory so of course it's well documented we've talked about it a million times claude had his accident in 2002 Mm -hmm. and he's been back on tour they've been many many shows at this point but this is like the big this is actually the first show of the quebec tour right quebec is about to be released in just a couple weeks and uh, 20, basically just over 20 years ago. And I remember girl, as, like Claude, you know, sometimes your band will like walk by you as you're like, you know, you're in line to get in and they're trying to get in too. So they like kind of go by you and Claude and maybe it was someone else in the band. I don't remember, but he was going by and some girl yelled out, Claude, be careful, you know? <laughs> and I just remember like thinking that that was like a shitty thing to say because he had like a traumatic, like near death accident. That wasn't his fault. And like, so I know the girl didn't mean anything bad by it, but I just felt like that was like a really kind of like insensitive thing to say. <laughs> so what I would say is, girl, if you're out there, we want to hear your story. We want to hear your side of the story. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to hear that. I remember that crazy thing. You know, Rory and I were kind of going back and forth on, you know, the trip there and the trip home and whatnot. You know, the only other thing that I'll throw into the conversation is I think maybe Hannah had like a little car and maybe we took that because I think she had like a Sunfire. Oh, man. Maybe we took her car there. And if you're correct about Mike already being like in town. Maybe that's why, because I know I, we're jumping ahead to the end of the show, I guess, but I definitely, I'm pretty sure I came home with Mike because I have a pretty good memory of being on a trip back in like the middle of the night with Mike driving. Yeah. So maybe that was why, like, okay, we don't all fit like in Hannah's car, like very well. 
that's a great catch because I was wondering about that. We were discussing that, and you had this memory of going back with Mike, right? And being like, "Oh my God, he drove really fast." You were like, "He drove so fast, I actually had to say something." <laughs> and I was wondering, like, well, why would you even go back with him to begin with? Like, like, did we get stuck in town and you had to go home earlier? Right. Like, but it makes sense because Hannah totally had like a little Sunfire type little right little kind of like one of those like not a sport but sporty car. Yeah, like two door. Two door, and if there's four people in the car, it's not very comfortable. It would have been tight. It would have been tight. So that makes a lot of sense that you would have been like, you're you're a big guy. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that to be offensive. You're like six no. one or whatever, and you're tall dude, big guy. Right, right, right. And so it would make sense for you to be like, you know what? I'll get a little more space in Mike's car. So let's spread out. Right. So that's good, man. That's a good catch. Yeah, and for and and some you know for whatever reason maybe she drove us in in her car to Pittsburgh and maybe it was just like there's not enough room in that car for all of us to go home. Like yeah. if we've got two two cars, I'm getting in the other car. That's interesting. That's cool, man. That's a good memory. Now, so a little bit uh, before we get into the actual show, talk a little bit about Club Laga. Yeah, because I actually discovered that Club Laga closed. It actually closed in 2004. Wow. Like so, this is. So this is middle of 2003. So this is kind of like almost the end of Club Laga, which is pretty crazy to think about that it goes that far back. And there's a Facebook group that you can find that's uh, sort of people that are remembering Club Laga. So do we might have to go on there and just like post some of these pictures or, you know, talk about the show. Mm -hmm. but yeah, so Club Laga closed down in 2004 and now it's an IGA. Wow. And there's apartments upstairs. So... And so this is the only time that Ween got to play at Club Laga. Yeah, and so another piece of that puzzle, Ween played at the Metropole in Pittsburgh in, 2000, in 1999 and 2001. And infamously, Mickey, like, they had a terrible time at the Metropole. And we were actually at the 2001 Metropole show. But uh, they, had, they did not have a good time. And so I guess they made a vow, or like Mickey made a vow that they're never going to play in Pittsburgh again. But then it was funny because it's in Diener's diary, like which you can, if you go to Brown Base, you can read Diener's diary. He used to, during this time period, he he made a little diary after each show, uh, which is actually very useful to like read, but because it gives you some good good little like you know what happened, you know. Yeah. And and it's funny because because he's relaying how like Aaron's like, oh well, you said we were never gonna play in Pittsburgh again, and then Mickey's like, I say we we're never gonna play at the Metropole again. Right. But the reason why I'm bringing all that up is because the Metropole closed in two, 2003. The Metropole closed this year. I don't know exactly when it closed, but I want to say it closed in 2003. Maybe it was 2002. Anyway, it closed right before this. And Club Laga was actually taking on Metropole shows. Ah. So like, you know, because like, like shows were booked mm -hmm. and Metropole shut down. And so they were like, all right, these bands could kind of come to us. So I'm actually wondering, dude, and this would be a... Great thing, you know, anyone, you know, anyone has an inside connection that might know, like, that would be a great tidbit. Like, I feel like this could very well have been a show that was originally booked at the Metropole. And just by coincidence, it ended up being switched over to Club Laga because right. of the timing. So that's pretty, right. pretty, pretty crazy. Quote from, like, I got a couple quotes here. So, Polestar Magazine, it got voted as one of the top national venues. I was ranked among the magazine's top national venues for sales from 2000 to 2004 for alternative bands. So Club Laga and a, 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 like all kinds of alternative bands have played there. Like 
and it was uh it had like an industrial look the it was a very bare looking room and i kind of remember that having watched the video it sort of rang a bell like it's definitely a very just like blah kind of look mm-hmm. but one of the things that's interesting is the bar was kind of fenced in in a cage and you could you had to drink in the cage right and so i thought that was interesting just because one of the things the owner complains about when they closed was that it's tough to make a lot of money at an all age show because you can't sell as much alcohol. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of an interesting dynamic. It's like you, you want it to be all ages because more people can come to it. But then when it's all ages, you have that issue with the alcohol sales. Right. And, and yeah, man, I guess that's about it. Like that's about all I got about club Laga as far as like a little bit of a background. Wow. You know, it's such a shame, you know, I mean, i I've only been to Pittsburgh a handful of times and whatnot, but just to think about like two venues in the same city like that, that closed basically within like, you know, a couple of years of each other. It's like, what a terrible, what a terrible shame. Yeah, dude. You know? Yeah. For like the, the music scene of, of the Pittsburgh area. And when you look at this and we're jumping ahead again, but when you look at the dates of, you know, the times that Ween has played Pittsburgh, they don't play Pittsburgh again until, 2018. Yeah, dude, 15 years, and then they play at Stage AE. Yeah, which is a huge outdoor, a big outdoor venue. So, was there any like clubs like this size even around anymore after Club Laga closes? Maybe not. I'm not sure. Any, yeah, any Pittsburgh people, by all means, flew us in. Yeah, but it's wild to think that a Pennsylvania band, 15 years between shows in the second biggest city in the state. So I guess when they said they didn't want to play in Pittsburgh, I guess they meant it. And even and even with some accolades for this particular venue, you know, that couldn't keep it open. Obviously, something, uh, you know, something caused this venue to close down as well. You know what I mean? So it's just crazy. It's interesting because by all accounts, this is a rocking show, man. Yes. And and. Beaner talks about it like, dude, it's a good show. I mean, a little bit rough and tough, whatever. We'll get into all the we'll we'll talk about his his tour diary, but by all accounts, it seemed like a great show, a great tour opener. But but yet Club Laga closes, and you know they didn't want to go back to the Metropole. Oh, that closed too. So maybe right. it was like, fuck, like we're not even gonna mess with it. So the only thing I'll say from my memories is it was sort of more of like a wide place than it was long. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll equate to like the warehouse in Toronto mm-hmm. as sort of that sort of like a you know block shape. Like the Electric Factory is sort of the opposite in Philadelphia. That was like a real skinny, long mm-hmm. place. Yeah. From what I remember, Club Lago was sort of the other way around. It was a big like rectangle and not so deep. I but feel just like the video wires that out. Yeah, and the right and the video sort of backs that up too. Yes. When you're when you're watching, um, there's a really really good video. We'll get into that in a little bit. But when you're watching the video, that's from like the balcony area, and you can see that it's like boom, it's right there. It's not you know, it's not that far away uh, from like the stage. You know what I mean? So you can tell that the club is not that deep. Oh no, dude! And in, in the front row, you're like right up there. Um, the stage is raised off the ground, but not that much, and there's not really anything between the crowd and stage which will become important later on yes 
so yeah, dude, I mean, that's, that's, I think that's a pretty good, um, summary of, of, of club log and all that shit. So would you like to read the set list? Sure. I will. All right. Buckingham green, the stallion part three, happy colored marbles, the grobe, take me away, transdermal celebration, spring theme, voodoo lady. I don't want it. Roses are free. The mollusk. What Diener was talking about. Reggae junkie Jew. Zoloft. Ocean man. Waving my dick in the wind. You fucked up. Tick. Pandy Fackler. I can't put my finger on it. Piss up a rope. Booze me up and get me high. Spinal meningitis. And then for the encore. Captain. Mr. Would you please help my pony. And LMLYP. Oh, man. Dude. Yeah, man. That's a good set list. There's some hotness in there, bro. You know, um, so so a few things up front. 26 songs, uh, and the show clocks in about two and a half hours. Right. Uh, it's a little hard because the video, it's like the video shorter than that, but I know they also cut out a little bit of the, uh, the time that they were waiting on the encore. So if you include like the encore break, it's about two and a half hours. So that's pretty much like a, a regular ween, ween show length. Like, right. just for the record, people, three-hour ween shows are like a rarity. Like, they're awesome, but that's not normal. Like, two and right. a half is much more of like a normal length. So this is a pretty normal length. However, it's only got 26 songs. And... Most ween shows tend to have 30, 32, something like that, like in the lower 30s. So this show is a regular length, but has eh, four to six fewer songs. And what that means is there are a lot of jams in this yeah. show. Yeah. So obviously there's some there's some sweet jams. Yeah. There's a and, and and that'll bear out as we go through and talk about some of these songs. So yeah, dude, like there's some good jams. On the flip side, there's not quite as many of like the 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 rock metal, you know, kind of kind of ween side of it. So this is definitely slants more toward the jam side of things for sure. Awesome. Which is awesome. And it's something that um, you know, because you were just talking about how they were playing at the Peach Festival and like, oh, it's a jam festival and I want them to jam, and they really didn't that much. Uh, but here it is. We finally get to a show that really shows that side of them. Yeah, man. So that's you know, it's cool. it, it it's almost like you know they they kept you know things things kept getting longer and longer and longer and you know here we are. It's two thousand three. It's the beginning of the of the Quebec tour, and like shit was shit was out there, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. So so some of the things that we talked a little bit about was like uh, fish just a little bit before this had been like on a break and you know, sort of that, that caused a lot of like the hippies to kind of like find other bands to follow. And Ween was a beneficiary of that. Like Ween started having an influx of more of these fans. And I'm just thinking and wondering like if that plus like, man, we're rocking this Quebec. This is like our new album. This is boom. We're like, you know, putting all this out. I just feel like that. I wonder if that whole combination kind of pushed them to be like, let's do some more jams because infamously Ween will tell you they're not a jam band. And that's a, that's a conversation and an argument that like Ween fans have all the time. 
Like, they're not a jam band. Oh, they are a jam band. Oh, they like to jam. Oh, they're not jam band. Right? Right. But this is a show. If you went to this show, and this is the first Ween show you went to, you would be thinking they were a jam band after this show. Right? Yeah, I mean... You know what I mean? I, and and you know what? It's It's almost like, again, this time period, they're almost hitting the maximum amount of different genres and different groups of music fans if that makes any sense so it's like yeah. you know you got by this time it's like the jam people obviously have caught on yes you know what i mean 2003 come on you know everything is 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 hopping and you're absolutely right. It's like Quebec is the new album that's coming out. You know, you got the whole lead up with like the Mollusk and then White Pepper. And 2000, 2001 and 2002, they don't really play too many shows. Right. And they hadn't played since, uh, it's been two years since they played in Pittsburgh. So it's kind of like, this is, a, this is their like first big, like full tour in a couple of years, actually. Right, right. So you have people itching for Ween to come back. You got all that other shit you're talking about with like the influx of the fans and the, the mm-hmm. jam scene and those people are, that's really, Ween is much more established as a piece of that at this point. Absolutely. Five piece band. We've talked about this before. You know, it's like they're hitting on all cylinders and things were a little bit rough in 01 and 02 because the Glenn hiatus, Glenn uh, takes a break from the band, Claude's accident. This is them back. They're back, baby. Yeah, man. Everything They're... is back yeah, by this dude. time. It's fucking cool. So let's <laughs> kind of talk about some of these highlights. Like, first yeah. off, Buckingham Green opening is not anything rare. It's their most common opener. And I want to say that that was what they opened the pageant with, too, coincidentally. But the thing I'll just mention about it is I feel like even though it's a common opener, when they open with Buckingham Green, it's kind of like they're signaling that this is going to be hardcore shit. Like, it's going to get brown. Because that's, uh, dude, it's a song you can hear like a million times, I think. True. I don't care how I don't care how common it is. I love it. So I feel like that, followed by Stallion Part 3, because, you know, that's also not a super, not a rare song. But to start with those, I just feel like those are standards that it's like, boom, you know? They came to rock. Oh, I also feel like just going into the Stallion Part 3 like that, that you know, early. it's like, yeah, exactly that early. It's just like, yeah, we don't, there's no fucking rules. We're going straight to some old school weirdness. Stallion part three. And of course, um, this is the first show of the Quebec tour and you got Quebec represented five times. It's not the most for any album. I think Cochrane Cheese is uh, seven songs for this show. <clears throat> but nevertheless, that's great because most of these, obviously these Quebec songs have not been played that much. So just to kind of go down the list a little bit, Happy Colored Marbles, this was like the 13th time that was ever played. And I think you said it was the first time you ever heard it live. I think so. Transdermal Celebration, this was the fifth time. Uh, I Don't Want It. These are all Quebec songs. I Don't Want It, this was the eighth time. Captain, this was the ninth time. And then Zoloft, at this point, is kind of becoming a standard. And they've played this almost every show since it came out at the Conduit in 2002. So Zoloft is a little bit different than the other ones. But all those Quebec songs, it's like they're all new and fresh. And it was my first I Don't Want It and my first Captain. And what was the other first? Transdermal Celebration. Okay. So 
So, so three of those Quebec songs, this was the first time I had ever heard those live. So that's awesome. And so it really truly is like brand new songs to me at that time. Big highlights for me. And kind of get back to some of the jams, dude. Spring theme. Oh, spring theme is so fucking sick. I mean, by this time, you know, that was a that was one I think the first time we had seen it was was Rutgers. So it's like in my mind, I always go back to you know, spring theme, oh Rutgers. Yeah. But this one is this one is just as good, and by this time they really have it down. Yeah, dude. You know? Love it. It's got a nice, like, it's about a four and a half minute long intro jam before they start singing. And that's awesome. And then what's really cool is I call it a jam block. Uh, they follow Spring Theme up with Voodoo Lady, which it, they don't like run them together or anything. But nevertheless, like they jam, vo- obviously they jam Voodoo Lady out. Yeah, it's a pretty common jam. But that's about 15 minutes between those two songs. That's almost 15 minutes. Most of that's just mute, just instrumental, you know? So awesome. Yeah, dude. Like, I love it because we talk sometimes about, like, rock blocks. Like, these are jam blocks. Yeah. You know, one of the interesting things I noticed, and this is from watching the video, I want to give a shout-out to Stallion Mang as he's hosting the video. Mm-hmm. But one of the awesome things is the the video on YouTube actually was – they made it into a DVD back then. So yeah. I, you want to talk a little bit about that since I brought it up? Well, yeah, sure. So basically, you know, when you go to – when you go to YouTube – um, the video that's on there on, on Stallion Mang's page. So I was able to get that as a DVD, which that's another thing that I go to in my memory. As soon as you would mention Club Laga, my memory would immediately go to, oh, I had that sweet DVD. So by this time, this is 2003. Okay. And I'm sure there was a couple of shows where, you know, people had made uh, uh, sweet videos from, you know, that earlier that year or maybe like the year before there wasn't too many shows in 2002 though. And, and, and 2001, like we had mentioned, but by this time I'm pretty sure like the digital video thing was pretty fucking solid. So this video that's made, it's like everything is straight from the camera right to what you're seeing. You know what I mean? It's really like the first time there isn't like, oh, it was put on tape and then it was made into, you know, it was transferred to this or it was transferred to that or this type of format. No, there is no like loss of quality anywhere. Dude, it's a it's a good it's a good video. It's a good audio. Yeah. So when you when you watch the video of it, I mean, it's really nice. And this was sort of like the first like high quality, you know, digitally made video at least that i had had seen Mm. you know what i mean so that is a huge standout in my in my memory and for for this show for this show i i i i think when you watch this video it's like man that's a nice looking like you know uh quality video recording 
Well, here's the thing. I, I feel like at least ones that were made by fans before this would be like VHS based video recordings. Right. And DVD is not high definition, but DVD is, is a higher resolution than a VHS. Right. So right. I'm not going to say this looks like I'm watching a Blu-ray because it ain't, mm-hmm. but like, but it, you could definitely tell that it's better than like, you yeah. know, like even the pageant just a couple weeks before or a couple months before. This is a better video, I think. Right. So that's pretty fucking so the, awesome. So the guy between the guys who actually you know t- took this video and the guys who made it into um, like the DVDs that that were circulated around, you know, and there again, that's part of it too. Is you can you can make a DVD and there's no loss in quality. You can't do that with a tape. You know what yeah. I mean? You couldn't do that with a VHS tape. So totally. it was really the first time I had got, you know, it was a step up in like the bootlegs. So, you know, something I wanted to bring up, uh, speaking of the, so the jam block spring theme, and then they kind of followed it up with Voodoo Lady. One of the things I noticed, and this is totally just because of all the the work we've done covering Claude's accent and everything. Well, what, one of the things we learned from Claude's accent is that he had to relearn his hand-eye coordination. He had to like, back into all that shape like it was a whole physical therapy process and one of the things he talks about is how for a while he would hit his knuckles on the drums and because he didn't didn't have his spatial recognition and and hand-eye coordination back exactly where it needed to be and i've totally noticed watching the video like in the middle of voodoo lady he totally loses a stick and i think aaron picks it up and gives it back to him but like I just saw that, and and now that we've learned all about this, the accent and all these different things, I guess I'm just a little more sensitive to it. Yeah, wow. But I totally was like watching that and being like, oh man, Claude must have like banged his knuckle, you know, and like tossed that stick, right? And it's like, man, he's still like working, he's still bringing it back. So right. I thought that was kind of like an interesting note. I don't have too much to say about it, but Roses Are Free is jammed out, like mm-hmm. seven minutes long or something, and. I'm not saying it's the only time the song's ever been jammed out for seven minutes, but I, I want to say that that uh, that was especially jammed out, which sort of brings us back to the whole hippie jam thing, because obviously, you know, the old fish connection with Roses Are Free, right? Like, they're they're picking all these songs to jam out tonight, and Roses Are Free is one of them, right? So it's kind of interesting just seeing some of those, like, parallels uh, with some of the other things we're talking about. Yeah, it's a sick jam. Man, what else? There's all kinds of shit. Um, one funny thing, uh, before the mollusk, Aaron asked for Diener's amp to be turned down, or she said, he's like, oh, can you turn Diener down a little bit? And he's like, oh, it's the ass amp. <laughs> because it's, I guess it's the amp that's right behind uh, Aaron's ass. Yeah, like yeah, stage. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. His ass amp. Reggae Junkie Jew. This has got to be one of the better Reggae Junkie Jews I've heard, I think. Dude. Oh, oh my God, this is this is just so sick. And the thing that I love about it is, you know, there again, you know, we 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 go back to Rutgers 2000, but that was sort of like the end of the night kind of thing. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. same thing with um, the Buffalo show because it was like between Buffalo and then um, and then Rutgers was sort of like them like bringing that, you know, breaking that out for the first time. You know what I mean? Late 99 into into early 2000. But this is sweet because it's just like right in the middle of the show. It's not something where it's like, oh, this is the end of the set or like this is the encore or you know what I mean? No, this is right. It's not even 
halfway through the show yet, really. And there's no, like, announcing it. There's no, it's just the song starts, you know? Boom. Right there it is. Yeah, dude. And it just, it just starts fucking blazing into it, you know? Well, and, and yeah, Reggae Junkie Jew, 117 times total, all time. So it's a pretty uncommon song. Right. Oh, uh, speaking of that, since we've already passed those other songs, I Don't Want It, only been 83 times total. So once you get out of the Quebec era, I Don't Want It is a pretty, pretty rare. Too. We got ourselves some raptor, and we forgotten how to learn. I understand. Yeah. And then spring theme, only 73 times total. Yeah, that's kind of surprising to me. Yeah, I, I was surprised too when I saw that. But yeah, that's pretty uncommon. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, another jam block. Reggae Junkie Jew, they don't go right into Zoloft. They just take a really quick break, and then they play Zoloft. You know, at this point, Zoloft is a standard. I don't have too much to say about Zoloft, except great tune, obviously. But oh, between those amazing. two, another 15 minutes, two songs in a row jam out for 15 minutes like wow you know it's crazy when you when you actually like time it out like that that it's like wow those those really like you know are that long but yeah it's two jam outs right in a row it's cool when they put them together like that because it really kind of creates like a moment in the show i think and we and we've got all of these songs left in the main set still i know dude like so at this point since you mentioned that zoloft is the 14th song reggae junkie do is the 13 of 26 so mm-hmm. we're just halfway through the show at this point right this is not the end we're halfway through the show and we've already had as much jamming as a regular show would have <laughs> maybe even more maybe even more we already have more jamming in this show than the peach festival show had the whole time <laughs> so is that too soon i'm sorry i mean when you put it like that it's no 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 you're right you're right you know what else is there you know it's funny uh they had a little rock block, so they do Waving mm-hmm. My Dick in the Wind, uh, You Fucked Up, and Tick. And that's kind of yeah. like, the and, and the Grove is early on, too. That's kind of a, a rocking song. But, like, this little rock block is kind of like the extent of their, like, the kind of heavy rock songs. But I thought it was funny, because right before Tick, Aaron calls out Wayne's Pet Youngin'. Oh, yeah, because... Right, because people in the crowd are yelling for Wayne's Pet Young. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, either. so he at least acknowledges, okay, I hear you, but they don't play it. Well, and interestingly, you mentioned that, and I know from Diener's diary, something we forgot to mention, this is just a couple nights after All Request Live. 
Yes, I was going to so, bring that up. So this is the 25th. This is the 25th, and yeah. All Request Live was actually recorded on the 22nd. Yes, and you know and that that's you know honestly dude we should do like an episode on all requests live but uh but one of the things diener says in his notes is that they kind of got burned because all night everyone's just yelling for where uh where'd the cheese go <laughs> or where's the cheese at i forget what what the hell is it called yeah where'd the cheese go because that's how all requests live ends yeah so because that famous uh the song they made for pizza hut or whatever but yeah that's nuts to think that was only you know three days later well dude that bring that brings us back to this whole notion of like this is such a, a busy insane time for ween yeah they're about to release quebec in just a few weeks but they're like oh let's do an all request live album at the same fucking time and let's do it like two days three days or whatever before we start a whole tour yeah yeah and that's you know and and because it's all request it's not necessarily songs that they play normally live you know so it's like a totally mm-hmm. different flavor. Yeah, dude, all sorts of shit, man. We're kind of bouncing around, but all kinds of shit. I'm going to move on to Pandy Fackler, which... Yeah. I don't, you know... So Glenn usually has a nice solo in Pandy Fackler, like every time. But man, this time, dude, oh my God. This is the this is the Glenn time of the show, actually. Like, the next few songs, Pandy Fackler, I can't put my finger on it and piss up a rope, all feature Glenn prominently, pickling the ivories. Awesome. Like, really cool. He's great on Panty Fackler. He's so good at Panty Fackler. Afterward, the crowd is like, Glenn, Glenn, Glenn. I don't even, I mean, that's phenomenal. I, uh, you know, Glenn's awesome. So for Glenn to get yeah, a chant, you can never have, you can never have enough Glenn. No, for him to get a chant. That's, that's great. Yeah. I can't put my finger on it, dude. This has got to be one of the, one of the great versions of this that I've heard live. Uh, it's got the full intro. It's got the fog machine. This is as good as it gets for, I can't put my finger on it. I think. Yeah. Another great rendition of it. I mean, uh, and another like jam. You know what yeah, I mean? Dude, it's, yeah, it's another a little, jam block. It's a, it's a little bit more like rehearsed because you know that they're going to do like the long intro for Camp of My Finger on it, but it definitely counts as one of like, you know, the jam songs for sure. And they don't always do the opener, dude. They don't always do that long extended opener. Well, that's true. Yeah. I, I, I guess usually they do, but not always. Right.
but nevertheless, so Pandy Fackler, and then I can't put my finger on it back to back again. That's about a 15 minute jam block. Mm-hmm. So dude, that's nuts. I mean, man, one after another, one after another, it's pretty fucking wild. And I mentioned the word wild and the show starts to go off the rails, dude. <laughs> let's talk about booze. Let's talk about booze me up and get me high. <laughs> because at this point we're getting close to the end of the first the set we're getting we're getting close to the end of the show so we are about two hours in something like that mm-hmm. and uh and they rock out booze me up and get me high which is pretty uncommon 138 times uh and it's kind of like I, I i don't know if this is true or not but i think of it as like the b-side of uh of uh larney stone yeah okay like that's just sort of how I how I visualize it in my head. Yeah, it's like the other. It's like one of the other uh, songs where everyone is just like you know screaming along. Yeah, and it's all about the. It is about that booze and the drink. And it's sort of like a just yeah. a drinking like you know song. Right. You know, it's the other like you know pirate song. Yeah, and so let's talk about how this show goes off the rails, dude. Because, <laughs> dude, girls just start climbing on the stage. Like, like, and it doesn't seem like anyone's stopping them. Well, it's booze for booze me up and get me high. I think there's, there's two like main girls. There's three. It ends up being about three girls. Okay. And, and it's just like, oh, okay. The two girls are, are dancing and you know, you can hear that if you're just listening to the audio of it, I'm sure you can hear the crowd all, all of a sudden is just like, Whoa! well, what's funny, dude, is I listen to this like a whole bunch of times before I watched the video. So I totally had forgotten that that happened. And you told me about it. You're like, dude, all these people's girls start getting on the stage. And right. when I watched it, it totally started. The memory started coming back. I totally started remembering like, <laughs> Oh my God. Like, so it's like, so it's, it's, it's really just starts off as like a couple of, of girls during booze me up and get me high. And then they end that song. Well, hold on. There's more to say about that song though. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. So, so first off, there's a few girls start grinding on the stage. They're kissing each other. They start out by grinding on Dave and then they start moving on to Aaron and Mickey. And the guys are trying to be a good sport, but they're also trying to rock, you know? Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> it's, it's funny because these, all these, there's three girls on the stage at one point. And then in the middle of it, this like dude lumbers across. It, <laughs> And I don't know, I don't know what his story is because he just like walks across like he's just getting from point A to point B. Like maybe he thinks the bathroom's over there and he's like, I got to go to the bathroom. He's just walking right across the stage. Like he doesn't take it. He doesn't like do any dancing and he doesn't try to get anyone off the stage. So I don't know if he was a crew member or just a dude that was like, I'm going to walk across the stage. But like the crazy thing, man, is like no one was like getting these people off the stage. Except, and this is why I'm talking about booze me up and get me high. The one girl, and again, girl, if you're out there and if you're listening to this, we just would love to hear your story. But this is, she's kind of, this is a thin, thin, kind of tallish girl. She had these hippie dreads and she was like grinding on those guys, man. And she actually gets in front of Mickey and takes her top off. Poured Mickey. So I don't know if you see, I don't think you can see it from the audience, but she fucking she uh what the hell flashes mickey uh-huh and uh and that gets her taken off the stage yowza so 
<laughs> so yeah, dude. And the song Booze Me Up kind of ends a little bit abruptly, it feels like. And I'm kind of wondering if that's due to like, oh my God, these people are on the stage. So they kind of stopped it. And Aaron ends it. He's like, oh boy. And he's like, was that supposed to be it? Kind of like, oh, was that supposed to be the end of the show? Like what's going on, you know? Yeah, I'm wondering if he's thinking like, oh, okay, well, people are coming up and, and starting to uh, to dance. Like, that must have been the last song. Like, this this must mean it's the last song of the... Oh, so then you can see him and and um, Mickey, like, talking. Like, okay, what are we going to... What should we do? Da, 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 da. And it seems like they're ultimately like, okay, we'll do one more short one, and then that'll be it. And then that's when they play Spinal Meningitis. Yeah. No, no, I think you're, you're right on, dude. That's so funny because yeah, you, you know, people don't get on the stage every show. First off, it's not a very common thing, but when they do, it's usually because it's the last song of the night. Right. And they're jamming. And so people get up But for booze me up and get me high. It's not the kind of song you would just typically think of people getting on the stage for. No. So anyway, they finished the, op- they finished the set with spinal meningitis which is fine. It's a good song, but you know, nothing out of the ordinary, but they come back for the encore and they play captain, which, uh, this is all 60 times total all time. So this is the rarest song of the night. And the first time that I think both of us had ever heard captain live. Oh yeah, definitely. So that was really fucking cool. Oh my God. You know, I have a question for you. Do you think that there is some inspiration coming from the beach boys? Oh, I never really thought of that, but I mean, I, Sloop John B. I, I could, I could hear that now that you mention it, because the the line, the only line in Captain is, "Turn around and take me home," mm-hmm. and in Sloop John B, the line is, "Like I feel so broke up, I want to go home." Right, and he's like the captain, and he's talking to the captain. So, I just, it just occurred to me that there's just a little similarity there. Anyway, Captain, no one gets on stage for Captain, which is, it's a slow jam. It's slow, slow jam. But then for Mr. Would You Please Help My Pony, which is just a short, irreverent, kind of silly song. Uh-huh. The, 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 the same girls back up on the stage. <laughs> and there might have been like a, some other ones getting on the stage at this point too. But it's like the same girls. And some of them, they're like yanking on Aaron's clothes. And so he actually says to them, he's like, all right, ladies, calm it down. You know, while, while, while he's in the middle of the song, you know, because <laughs> they're just like yanking on his clothes. It's fucking wild. dude. Yeah, that's definitely I mean, at that point, you know, they've lost control because th- there's th- there's people there's people that are not in the band on the stage from there on out. Yes. And it <laughs> it, it only goes crazier because. Yeah, just a few people on the stage for 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 that. But what I love is fucking uh, they end, Mister. Would you please help my pony? And then Mickey's uh, Mickey's like L M L Y P. 
Yeah, he just he just starts the intro to it on guitar. Oh my god. If there's gonna be people on stage for booze me up and get me high, flashing Mickey. If there's gonna be chicks climbing on the stage for Mr. Would You Please Help My Pony, Aaron says back to Mickey when he's like LMOIP, Aaron's like, Oh, are we gonna go there? And he's got this big yeah. smile on his face because he knows that means that that stage is gonna get nuts. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. it does, man. Holy shit. I can tell you, I have never before or ever since seen that many people on a stage at a show that weren't in the band. The stage was covered. There must have been 20 plus people on that stage. You know what? I was I was just about to say the exact same thing. I think there there must be because at one point I thought I would I would try to count them, and I think I like lost count. You know what I mean? Like there's <laughs> at least there's at least 20 random people. Dude, start getting up on there, man. Oh yeah, like it starts off as just girls, and then like a few minutes like into the jam, like a couple of dudes just start coming up, and that's when you you know you really really lost things at that point. Yeah, and dude, like, that's when dudes they're like frat boys with white beaters. There's there's no one that's like starts like kicking off people. It's like you know I think a lot of the times, especially if it's girls, the you know the security guys might let them go for like a minute or two. Like, all right, just let them do whatever they're going to do for a second. And then they're like, okay, all right. And they'll try to, like, you know, escort them off. Yeah. There is nobody trying to do anything as far as, like, a security measure, nothing. I know, dude. That's crazy. And it's funny because at some point, I think right before Elmo IP, the one chick is, like, whispering in Aaron's ear and, like, all over him, dude. And he even says to her, like, oh, you're persistent. And she kind of smiles, like, yeah. Yeah. So you know, I mean, hey, I, girls, girl, if you're out, there, <laughs> if you're out there, we want to talk to you. We want to interview you because, hey, you don't have to tell us anything you don't want to. But I just feel like they were like, dude, telling them like, let's go backstage after the show. You know, <laughs> it was wild, dude. It was wild. And no, this girl, she licks Aaron's teeth, and then the guy kind of pulls her. Pulls her away, I think. She stays on the stage. She comes back on a minute later or something. So it's crazy. Like, they're not kicking people out or anything. It's, <laughs> it's like, so the same people just keep getting back on the stage. He licks Aaron's cheek. But anyway, yeah, dude. So, like, dudes, frat boy looking dudes with wife beaters are on the stage. Like, oh, my God. And it's, it's fucking nuts. But, yeah, dude. How in the world could Club Laga have closed after a night like that? I mean, come on. Dude, and that's wild, man. That is wild. In in Diener's diary, he mentions all these topless girls. For the record, I think there was only the one that took her top off. 
Although I, maybe there are others, but it's hard to see. But that one girl, she she was kind of being very free with herself. Well, if you watch the video, so um, there's a little section in between the uh, main set and the encore. Oh, you know, we're like going we there. Oh, oh, we're going to go there. I'm <laughs> just like Aaron. We're gonna go there. Yeah, let's just say. You know, when you're watching, and I'm, I watched it on YouTube, and there is definitely, uh, you know, breasts. Breastuses? Tutatitivas? Baba Bing Bang? Big jugs, get it? Well, they weren't big, but I don't want to, it's all good. I don't want to talk too much about her boobs. Sure. But, I mean, that's all on YouTube, and it's like, whoa, like, that's a, you know, is that supposed to be on there, or does somebody just not, you know, catch that? Yeah, dude. But I mean, it's it's sort of like a little. It was, it was hey, it was two thousand three. That's the girls going wild era, you know what I mean? So there you go. And I just want to get on the record <laughs> as saying that um, this show is intended for mature audiences. Yeah. <laughs> so not that we said anything too terrible, but by the way. But during but during LMLIP. You know, like I said, when the when the dudes start coming up, you know it's really like lost it. Aaron Aaron leaves, which he will usually do when it's an LMLIP jam, but he can barely like make his way off the stage. There are yeah. so many people that are there. You know, he basically just has to like bust his way like out of all the people. Fucking wild. There are girls like grabbing at Mickey while he's trying to play, and he even has to like you know, like knock them off of like his yes. guitar, um, like get off of me. Or or maybe they were trying to like grab his back while he's like in his hunched over, you know, jamming on guitar for LMOIP and he has to like knock them off of him. Like get off of me. Yeah. At one point you see him pivot. Right. To be from from being in front of the girl to like side by side and like facing her. So it's like they're doing their best to like they're rock stars, right? And, and this is like the rock era. So like for them, like, so you know that they're just doing the best they can to like have fun with it. And, it, you know, the fans and all that, but also trying to like fucking play music. And and I, it's amazing because the LMLYP is actually really well done despite the fact that they're, the, these girls are just like mobbing. Mugging oh yeah. I mean, it's a sick jam. Yeah, you know, dude, but I have to wonder, and I don't want to bring it down or anything like that, but we're going to do our start doing our wrap up anyway. I have to wonder if like, you know, that was one of the things that led to a discussion of we just need to retire that song because, you know, this is 2003. Huh. We started talking about L- LMLIP at the end of the night in what, 99, mm-hmm. right? So... You know, it's like shortly after this, you know, we'd have to go through and do a little bit of digging to find out for sure. But that you just don't see that anymore. You know what I yeah, mean? dude. Well, let me, since you mentioned it, I'll just pull it up on Brown Base a while. Go ahead and keep talking. But there was obviously a decision to sort of like put that to bed once and for all. You know, now off the top of my head, I think they they still did it in... Was it 2004 when we saw them at 930 Club? They, um, yeah. So that's the following year. Okay, let me tell you what. Club Laga is the 172nd time LMOIP is played. Okay? And if I fast forward all time, it's been played 200 times. 
So you think about, so you're right, dude. You're absolutely, they don't, they don't stop it completely. Um, but, and then they play it like a, quite a few more times in 2003. After 2003, it's only played 20 more times. Okay. From 2003 to the last 20 years, it's been played 20 times. Right. So you're right. right. Absolutely right. That's crazy. I hadn't thought of that, dude. They didn't stop it completely, but like, man, yeah, dude. That's amazing. I mean, you definitely did not see that come up in, you know, 2009, 2007, you know. And there was new songs by then, so then we're really jumping ahead. But, you know, I, I, I have to think that, you know, uh, we can't just have these people come up on stage anymore. Like, you know. Yeah. It's, it's gotten out of hand or whatever. You but know. again, it's it's just wild that because because there's other shows that people go and girls, boys, whatever will go on stage. But n- I've never seen anything so out of control. I've never seen people just be allowed to be up there. Yeah. Like the security was just like, dude, we're just going to let them do their thing up there. Like, I've never seen anything like it. At the very end of the jam, there's dudes who were just like, you know. Mickey doesn't even get to say like, Hey, thanks. Or, or he doesn't. And there's just a couple of dudes that are just like Pittsburgh, like fucking Wayne. Yeah, dude. They don't even, <laughs> they don't even say anything else after that. It's just some random dudes like that get on the microphone. It's just like Aaron's microphone, you know? Yeah, dude, it, dude. That's, I mean, we are just going to, we're, we're kind of repeating ourselves now because it's such an insane moment, but, but yeah, dude. So, man, what a show, dude. What a show. And oh, what well, I wanted just, to say, what I wanted to add was when I was watching the video and, and these this part of the show came up, dude, the memory started coming down. Like it was yeah. crazy how like, like this one chick got on the stage. And again, if you're out there, girl, you know, we'd love to hear from you. But she was like, you know, a lot of the girls were like dressed kind of like, um, you know, like more sexy kind of like I'm I'm a rock chick, sexy chick kind of thing at the, at the show. If that makes mm-hmm. sense to people out there, yeah, I'm not trying to course. be, you know, insensitive or whatever. But like, but then there were some that were just really like hippies, hippies up there. And this one girl was like, I mean, I don't even know how she wasn't like having heat stroke, but she had a full body dress like all the way down to her ankles. She was wearing like a long sleeve shirt, like a ween shirt. Maybe it had a shirt underneath that was long sleeve. And she had like a, a beanie kind of hippie hat on. And I totally, when I saw her up there, I was like, oh my God, I remember this now. Like I totally, for some reason, just remembered that girl because she stood out because it's like, dude, she is like head to, co- head to toe, like clothed, you know? And then another girl got on the stage that was kind of like this little like nerdy girl, like a nerdy wing fan. <laughs> and she just had like a bag over her shoulder. And a little ponytail, and she was up there like no rhythm. She looked like a white boy dancing, kind of thing, like how I would dance at like a you know, like not being you know what I mean. Like I can't dance. Yeah. I'm just gonna like gyrate a little bit. Like so, so I'm I'm like, and because she like stood out, I was like, oh my god, I remember this now. Like, isn't that nuts? It's, it was a good group. Yeah. It was a good group. <laughs> but yeah, dude. And, 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 and no, Hey man, 
they just had lots of fun. So that's great. Yeah. I, I can't say I really had memories of like any of those girls per se. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it's just, it's crazy to watch that video and just think like that just took place and no one, you know, no one put the kibosh on it or they just let it happen. I have to say that, um, once I kind of, that was jogging my memory about just the, the sheer volume of people up there. It was really just three of the people up there that I totally was like, oh my God, you know, like. It was just like the, it was like a flash memory. It wasn't like I was remembering the night, but I just had this like visual of like that person of like, yeah, I remember that person up there. Like, I don't know. It's just I, it, not to keep repeating myself. Oh my God. But like, I just need, it's neat how the memory works and like, don't, you know, it's just these little snapshots, these little like things. And uh, yeah, dude. So yeah, man, fucking club Laga, man. Hell of a show. Hell of a show. Do you want to read? So, uh, as we had mentioned, Diener oh, has yeah. his diary post. Do you want to read that whole thing? Yeah. How about I read that? And then we'll just sort of wrap things up. Yeah. man. Uh, so this is Diener's diary. Diener says, arrived the night before back in old Pittsburgh. Aaron swears that I promised we'd never play Pittsburgh again. But I recall saying we'd never play club Metropole again. Either way, this club was better for sure. Nice folks and a sold out show. I remember it being packed. I remember it being pretty like sweaty. Mm-hmm. Experienced the backlash from our wall request concert a few nights before. People were calling out for where'd the cheese go most of the night. I thought we played a little sloppy, but it was actually a pretty eventful show for opening night. Topless girls all over the stage during LMLYP to close the show. Few fights and some dude literally broke through a wall to get into our dressing room before getting tossed from the club and pummeled by bouncers. <laughs> Ironically enough, me and Glenn and this same guy, the wall breaker, went down the street for hot dogs and french fries like 15 minutes after this incident. Ween is all about pleasing the kids. Everyone knows that. What was that guy? The fucking Kool-Aid man or something? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Club Log of Pittsburgh got everything. I will say... I only this noticed one topless girl, so I don't know. There uh-huh. could have been others up there. There are so many people on stage. Who even knows? But um, so that may have been a little bit over exaggerated. I don't remember any fights anywhere. But yeah, I mean, I'm focused on the band, not people fighting in the in the venue. You know, I do have one other personal memory, real quick. I can't remember exactly what point this was, but I remember yelling so loud, like singing along so loud that. Amy and Hannah were both just like, all I heard through that whole like section of that song was you. You know what I mean? You remember what song? I don't remember what song it was. I don't remember what song it was, but it was like, I, they were like, I can hear you more than I can hear like the actual band. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. And I think they were just kind of like, you know, busting my chops and like, you know, not... It wasn't one of like the slow songs or anything. So. <laughs> you were about screaming out, I don't want it. But I can specifically remember and just being like, oh, sorry. You know, that's funny. You know, this is a show to listen to everyone. If I were you. Oh, yeah. Get on YouTube. Stallion Mang has the whole thing on there. I would listen. I would watch that and listen to it. It's also on archive.org and all that. But I would just go to Stallion Mang. He's, a, a you know, has so much great shit on, on that page. And um, yeah, dude, this is a keeper. This is one of those shows that goes down. And it's a real precursor to um, 
the live in Chicago because Aaron, I mean, he almost looks like identical to mm-hmm. the live in Chicago DVD. He's just wearing like the plain white T-shirt and like yeah, his yeah. hair and like body type at the at the time is like is that exact same because that would be what a couple months later, like mm-hmm. into this main like Quebec tour. Yeah, and just one of the things that I noticed, you know, there's not as many songs. There's a lot of jam outs, but there isn't really a whole lot of like the banter. For better or for worse. Because a lot of people just don't even pay attention to that anyway. And they're not listening. You know, there's a couple of cool, like, quotes and stuff that we brought up um, going through. But there isn't really a whole lot of, like, you know, them talking in between songs. They just sort of, like, get to it with a lot of these songs. Well, I feel like there's a lot of things that could go into it. But I just kind of think, like, I mean, it's the Quebec tour. And they're kind of dialed in to be, like, you know, it's not their first tour of the year. They They did, you know, several shows, you know or whatever shows in the spring tour and all that so right it's just being they're dialed in yeah they're ready to they're ready to rock this whole yeah dude this whole tour i am i am excited because um we we definitely have gone went to several more shows that year so i'm really excited to to keep going through 2003 and seeing you know it does this jam trend continue is it really just this show by itself like i'm really excited to see as we get closer as quebec comes out and and um we have the the following Friday, I believe it was the Promo West Pavilion in Columbus. And the week after that was in Penn's Landing in Philadelphia. Wow. So we have, and, and then and I know that you went to a show in the fall as well, or the winter, mm-hmm. uh, early, you know, like the end of the year. So we got some more shows to talk about for this year. I'm really excited to see how they compare. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's a, it's a crazy fucking year. It's already halfway through the year because it's the summer but this is when the actual quebec tour starts so it's on fire for basically yeah, the rest dude. of that whole year yeah dude so fans uh listeners look, look forward to a lot more from us about 2003 about quebec all requests live freaking all of it man mm-hmm. what a time to be alive and uh and fucking club laga what a great show yeah man good times yeah man so i don't know i, I that's all i got i just want to thank people for listening and uh yeah, dude, it's great to be part of this fandom, you know? Yeah. If you made it this far, join the summer fucking contest. Yeah, mofos. Crying out loud. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> and check out this show and let us know what you think. We'd love to We'd love to hear you think. Tell us what you think. And uh, I, I, if you were at this show, I know there's a few brown basers out there that were at the show. If you were at Club Laga in 2003, chime in, man. Give us your memory. Yeah, please. We'd love to hear it. Peace be with you. Shalom. Peace, everybody. We out. Thanks.